On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we break down the 2022 NFL Draft with the ups and literal downs of this time in Vegas. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. again. End zone and picked off. Intercepted by Rasul Douglas. And the Packers are going to win it. A.J. Green was the target and he never looked for the ball. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. B. The draft is over. <laughs> I give him a B. Everyone want to grade? <laughs> B. Yeah, I I've think heard, it's probably. I've heard so probably many same. people shy away from actually giving a grade as if like their life depended on it. It's like, just throw a grade out there. Come on. We all want to see it. <laughs> I give him an A minus. A minus. Yeah, it's an it's interesting thing. You have somebody like at CBS Sports where everybody gets an A and a B, and then you have other places where it's like everybody gets a C and a D, and you're like, how 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 is this possible? But – it's over. It's done. There was some moments of suspense. Uh, I, I think I maybe I'm speaking just for me. It felt like a lot of names were announced and there was a split second where in my head I went, oh, that's not who I wanted. And then as like time went by, I felt more and more comfortable with what Gutekunst and company was trying to do. So I don't know if you guys felt that same way of initial bad and then that minute or two later you're starting to think you know what I'm, I'm good i'm good i'm good to the point we're recording this 24 hours after the draft i am in a i'm in a very happy space right now i feel very good about what they did i'll, I'll ditto you before we let the emotional one uh, chime in with his thoughts here. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're the roller coaster of the three of us um i agree with you if you just look positional you can always argue like oh i had a favorite player at that position and they didn't take him if you just look positional uh, they drafted the positions of need. They stacked up at the positions of urgent need, and they addressed, you know, our two biggest complaints: run defense and special teams. As much as Gutekunst didn't want to admit it in his press conferences, so much to the point that my least favorite part of the weekend was him saying, "We have a damn good run defense already." Like, dude, you can't just blindly lie to us. We all know, and I wonder if that's how he actually treated. You know, like his conversations with Aaron Rodgers, like, what are you talking about? We got bad run defense. Like, well, 32nd in the league is considered bad, my man. But whether he wanted to admit it publicly or not, they address special teams and run defense. And that's what was needed. So I'm, I'm happy with it overall. We'll see how the guys play when they hit the field. Yeah. Night of, like you said, I, I was very disappointed in just I, the, the positions were exactly what I was thinking we were going after. I was just surprised that some of the players selected, you know, which I think is going to be a good, good inside linebacker. Also, it's just, you know, who they preferred over who we preferred, the people who know nothing. Um, but, yeah, overall, great, great draft. They got what we needed, you know, so, some and we're going to go into it a little bit more. Some of them not experienced enough for my liking uh, to be like day one contributors, um, but definitely uh pieces of the puzzle that will help us for years to come that was a very reasonable take josh yes I'm I'm and deal. that's probably my downfall too is that it feels like well we'll see how impact you know immediate but impact the it one can be. thing 
I really wanted and I really thought we were going to do was trade for a big name wide receiver. And we saw some stories that we were in for Hollywood Brown. I'm sure we were in talks for it with everyone. Um, it was just dependent on what contract they wanted probably afterwards. Um, but I really thought we were going to do something uh, day one uh, and try to get a number one, true number one wide receiver. But that didn't happen. So uh, I'll take what we can get. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. We've done this now. Is this our going on third year, fourth year? I don't even know anymore. And I feel like every draft preview, we talk about, hey, here's this team that had 13 wins, and they don't necessarily have holes. And you could argue, obviously, wide receiver this year. But for the most part, it felt like they had gaps they needed to fill, not extensive. Like like you look around at this NFL, and two-thirds of the team, there is something that is a multiple positions in which they are lacking. And it felt like for the first time in a long time, the Packers said, hey, we know that we could use a little help inside linebacker done. We know we could help use some help on the D line done. And it just felt like they were saying, hey, we got through that last season with some band-aids and still got to 13 wins. Now let's start stacking it up and creating absolute depth. And we'll start right in round one where. This team finished ninth in defense last year. And a big reason why was Campbell was playing out of his mind. And then you had big old Kenny Clark playing out of his mind, both of which we said on multiple podcasts, if either one of these guys go down for an extended amount of time, it is over. It is done. No matter how well the secondary is playing, no matter how well Preston Smith and Gary are playing, these two guys are kind of this anchor in the center. And if either one of those go down, there is no trust level beyond them. So to go out and get Walker and Wyatt, which is not only awesome that there's the the Stokes connection with Georgia, obviously that Georgia defense, it's been brought up a million times on the draft uh, cast that this is this defense is just next level. But the fact that they played together, that they were kind of one two. I mean, we we talked about it in text. The learning curve is what kind of excites me is individually. Yeah, they're going to take their bumps and bruises as a rookie. But to know that. Walker looks ahead and sees a dude that he's kind of been focusing on uh, for the last couple of years is really, really exciting. Both these guys, athletic studs. Wyatt, if he didn't have some off-field issues in 2020, I think probably is goes about 10 to 12 spots higher. So let's talk about Walker and Wyatt. We used to have Smith, Smith, and Gary. It's now transitioning to a new law firm. But how do we feel about these two guys as our first-round pick? I love it. I love it. I'm surprised the the picks aren't swapped. Honestly, you know, I thought Wyatt would have gone before um, Walker, uh, but it didn't happen that way. And Wyatt actually fell to the 28th pick. Um, and, and honestly, I think Wyatt has a chance to really contribute year one um, because when he's going to be on the field, he's going to be, you know, have a lot of energy. You know, there's there's going to be a lot of rotation up front, especially if we keep Dean Lowry um, on the roster, which I think we will. Um, since he's still on the team, uh, I thought they'd cut him for some cap cap space, but maybe not. Um, so with him included and rotating that front, cause he can play both a one and three technique that I was reading. I mean, he's going to be so versatile and his pass rushing ability is what we're going to need the most up the middle. So I'm excited to see that. Yeah. I, I love the picks. You're going to compare Quay Walker to Nicobe Dean, uh, for the rest of their careers, but this was not a strictly Packer decision. I will put it on record. Every team passed on Nicobe Dean twice until the Eagles took him in the third round. So it was not just the Packers that had Quay Walker. 
that much higher than him uh, from his own defense because we've all heard that storyline already. But um, these were two positions. Take Devontae Adams out of the mix. These are two positions where if your starter goes down or if your starter's missing for whatever reason, we became very weak. And I, I'm calling Kenny Clark the starter of the D-line. Um, but if Devontae went down, middle linebacker has you know Ty Summers making a start, and it's just not where you want to be with a run defense that was poor already. So exciting to see these guys, great athletes coming from a high pedigree program that played at the top level in the SEC and won the national championship. What more can you ask? I love the way that D line starts to look now where last year your starter in Tyler Lancaster was a weak point. You've now got Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry and Jaron Reed. Most likely we don't know yet, but a known quantity as a starter. And then TJ Slayton, Jack Heflin, Devontae Wyatt, rotating actually maybe being able to contribute 15 to 20 snaps and letting a guy like Kenny Clark be more impactful on third downs or, or those impact plays. Uh, so I love what they did there. They, they had to do it. The wide receivers were gone too early. I'm glad they didn't trade a fortune to move up to get some of those guys. We'll miss them. You know, every time one of those wide receivers makes a play, we'll be like, damn, they could have been ours, but I'm sort of happy they stayed put and, and made their move later on the second night. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing is, A, in order to – we saw what it took to move to the front of the second round. Now imagining us having to go six to eight spots in the first round, I mean, it's not totally out of the realm of possibility that we were giving up those two seconds to get a Burke. I mean, it's it's one of those that it, they went too fast and they went too often, and it's a really, really tough position to be in. And the Walker-Dean, I think it's going to be a comparison and um, – Ian Rappaport talked about the reason Dean falling is he had a pectoral issue that most likely will need surgery at some point. It was going to be kind of determining where he ended up getting drafted and talking to their medical team. But he could be gone for uh, two thirds of the year. And if we if we know what happens to J.J. Watt and those others, a pectoral, especially when you're an aggressive tackler, is a scary injury to have, especially when they're wrapping up. You, you just don't want to see him go down. And the thing that I loved about Wyatt that I, I read somewhere, uh, he ran the 10-yard sprint as fast as Joey Bosa with 40 pounds more on him. So you're going to see this trend as we go through this list. The Packers said, who is an athletic freak that fits the position we need? Right. And they found him. And it's awesome to see when you look at that. And 10 yards is all I want to see him running. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Anything more, it's a problem. <laughs> so sh- let's talk Christian Watson. Everyone's probably got an opinion here, both the trade to get him and the player. What do you guys think about it? I hate the trade to get him because I think he might have been available later. Now, I get I get it. They needed a wide out, and they wanted somebody that could actually probably contribute year one at least. So you jump up and get your guy. But uh, I, I hate that. You with, got some with the insider Vikings. knowledge that he'd be available later? I, I just think I just thought, I mean, we, we didn't we saw uh, what when was the last the next wide receiver to go was to the Colts, right? Uh, yeah, the Colts had Watson circled um, as well. So, yeah, I think I think we probably had a six to eight pick range. Uh we can probably go in this deep dive and we'll never know, obviously, but I I yeah. think that the Packers worried that there would be a first round spree that they didn't want to get caught behind. So they'd rather give the pick up picks up to get the exact guy they want. But, yeah, I feel in retrospect, which is always glorious, 
probably could have given a third away and not moved as far up. But yeah, it is what it is. They needed a wide receiver. They got him. I can't believe the Vikings, though, traded both with us and the Lions so we both could get the wide receivers we wanted. I, I don't get that what that's strange. all about, but uh, hey, we'll take it. <laughs> Ryan, Christian Watson, thoughts? I I mean, you look at him as just an athlete, and he's a freak of nature. I mean, he has the size and the frame and the ability right now and he's not even filled out. And a little insider info, we we played shuffleboard with his high school coach two weeks ago, and the guy said, being very unbiased, which it's hard to be in this situation, we've had old ball coach talk about golf not being willing to throw deep and da-da-da-da, but he said, the kid still has room to grow, but you will not find a harder worker and somebody that's as cerebral on the football field, which is something that Matt LaFleur brought up that out of all the people that he's ever interviewed during prospect time, not just this year, but anytime Christian Watson's at the top of his list for guys that just got it in the interview. So I think that there's going to be a lot of, of lumps early, but then again, Jordy Nelson wasn't a stud early. Devonte Adams wasn't a stud early, what? but if he grows into his body and he grows into his hands, this could be a very, very exciting pick for the future. Yeah, and when you watch his tape, I mean, his ball carrier vision is through the roof. Uh, the, the kid didn't get touched a lot on a lot of his touchdowns. I mean, he had two kickoff returns for touchdowns. Um, the kid's a playmaker. Um, he, I, Dan kept on saying he only did a, sh- a small number of percentage of uh, plays uh, last year, which was a little alarming, um, but but overall, when you look at the kid's tape, he's he's a baller. He can make plays. Um, I'm just worried about, you know, route running and just the smarts of the game. But from what we hear, like you said, all all, all gold stars. So I, I'm excited to see what he becomes. Yeah, so the stat Josh referenced was a, a podcast I listened to. I think it was The Athletics. And one of the guys on said he had only played like 40 or 50 percent of the snaps as a senior. And to be at the level of North Dakota State and to be a playmaker – that gets drafted number 34 overall in the NFL, you think you'd be on the field for more than that. And I keep trying to like cross check that stat and I'm not able to find his snap percentage on any website anywhere. So (laughs) uh, my apologies if that's wrong, but you know, I had the mantra going in of no small school guys because what we're beating around the bush here is that, uh, you know, the exact reason I was afraid of these small school guys is he probably needs a little bit of development. He probably doesn't come in and, and, you know, gets 80 yards in week one. But you gotta like the athleticism. You gotta like the six foot four height. Uh, North Dakota State is not the first, you know, NFL player they've produced. Uh, and you gotta like that Aaron Rodgers calls him and he had that mentality of like he's gonna coach me hard and I expect no less and that's what I want. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna play ball for the Packers, right? So, um, it is what it is. I, I think the trade up, you know, whatever it means that you know we had to go through or give up both of our second rounders. If you go through, there was five wide receivers drafted after Christian Watson and before what our 53rd overall pick would have been. Not even counting our 53rd overall pick was a wide receiver. So, you know, six more go in that time frame. So they got their guy, they're targeted, they went up and get him. My only statement on this, beyond what I've already said for the last five minutes, is that there's a pool of Packers fans that are mad we didn't trade up in the first round to go get one of the top six guys. 
And I'm pretty sure on the Venn diagram, there's some overlap that those same pool of fans are mad that we traded up in the second round to go get Christian Watson. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys can't exist. You, can, no. you cannot coexist. You cannot be mad we didn't and trade up in the first, but then mad we traded I up bet in the you we. I bet you we would have traded up in the first if they got past the 15th. Like, they were all gone before the 12th pick or at the 12th pick. I mean, no one expected that. So well, there was actually a we rumor, were move. There was actually a rumor that the first trade the Packers submitted to the Vikings was actually for their 32nd pick, which would have been first round. Yeah. I Vikings declined, well. and then the trade. next morning they go, you know what, we'll take it for the 34. So oh. – would we have uh, – uh, some of those Packers would have been completely different if we took the same guy two spaces earlier? It's just – it's insane to me, and it's it's they frustrating. They probably would have. They probably yeah. would have because now he's got that first-round title. Yeah. Next <laughs> and, and three players in one night. Everybody would have been hyped. Yeah. So here's yeah, a question true. that I want to throw out. Are – there's a lot of signs that point to because of his athletic nature that he would be potentially a kick returner for this team. Are we worried? That similar to Amari Rogers, what we just went through with Kay Hill, are we worried that taking a young guy and thrusting him into that position is a worry to us? Well, this goes back to my mantra for the whole draft. Uh, they gave Basachi a, a ton of talent mm. to work with. And whether it's Watson or Dubs or Kylan Hill back from the knee injury or Amari Rogers picking up his pace of play, He's got options during, you know, OTAs and and training camp to figure out what special teams is going to look like. So we're not bottom of the pack with that either. So if Christian Watson is a player at wide receiver, I don't want him returning kicks. I think everyone would agree with that. Like yeah. If they say, you you know how they always say like the veterans can always tell when they got a guy within the first practice or two. Mm-hmm. I've been wondering like, is it a good thing if you don't see the Packers go sign a veteran wide receiver? Because it might mean one of these guys popped in OTAs where they're just like, we got a dude. Even if they do pop, still sign somebody, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't think any of us would argue that. The, the money's another conversation. But, yeah, when it comes to returning kicks, they're going to have all the options in the world. And they got four months to figure it out. Moving to the third round, Sean Ryan out of UCLA. And I have four words to describe him. Highly versatile and dirty stash. This man's <laughs> this man's mustache. Uh, it, I if he just puts his face on a shirt, I will buy it tomorrow. I am I am on board with this guy purely from aesthetics. Uh, but this is a guy that I mean they talk about he's maybe a little too small. He'd probably get pushed inside. But they they kind of. I think it might have been Mel Kiper, which I'm a little iffy on that guy as of lately, anyways. But. They kept talking about, oh, I don't know about him. I mean, he, you know, he struggled at times, and he did. And then in the last two years, he's given up one sack at left tackle in the Pac-12. Like, it, it's not a complete unknown dude that they're doing. And if he switches to guard, it's very, very exciting player. But again, and we're going to mention it another three times this podcast. This O-line group is as versatile as anybody in the NFL between who can go where. I mean, this guy could play damn center if he needed to. So very, very excited about this pick, if nothing more than to be that swing guard later on. Yeah, I I was shocked reading his profile. He was a top 60 overall recruit coming out of high school. He had a bunch of track and field and like Olympic rugby accolades. So dude's an athlete um, and he was all Pac-12 first team, you know, his senior year said, 
the part I found interesting, like the point of hesitation was Ben Fennel, who all Packer fans uh, should know and trust from his, his Twitter fandom and his work with the NFL network uh, said that this guy like doesn't really match what he expects from a Packer lineman in, in that typically the Packer linemen are a lot more agile and like built for the zone running scheme. He thought this guy was, you know, maybe a little, you know, cement footed uh, to put it in Dan Finn terms. Uh, but overall, like he looks like an athlete. Uh, he looks versatile, which is exactly what we need. And we addressed offensive line in a couple different spots here with guys that that can plug and not plug and play, but you can plug them into different positions. And that's outside of right tackle. You know, we need guys that are versatile as backups. So I like the pick. Yeah, I mean, he he uh, he makes it. It's ugly. His play is ugly right now, and cement cement feet is perfect uh, to describe him. I watched the film as soon as we drafted him, and I'm like, yeah, the dude can block, but his footwork is awful. They, he he does not have good footwork. He's not very agile with his feet. That's something that they will be working on with him. But that's something you can teach also. Um, you know, he's he's got the tough part down. He does know how to block. Uh, you know, he's got massive hands, they say, uh, which which help, which help, I guess, with blocking. Uh, but uh, great addition. Uh, he'll he'll fit into the rotation somewhere for sure. Yeah, I thought I saw something. He has 11 and three quarter hands. Almost a foot long hands. And I, 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 it's under nine, wasn't it? <laughs> I just, yeah. I'm yeah. just like, how is that possible? I need them. I need to like, just like, they'll probably have it at Lambo where you can put your hand next to his on like the entryway because I, it's, I could stick my head in between. His hands. <laughs> yeah, it's just insane. So anyways, moving to the fourth round, another just quality name, Romeo dubs is i mean fantastic and uh, it was a guy that i i had heard before and to be honest with you hadn't taken a deep dive and then you start seeing some of the catches this man can twist and turn in midair with the best of them very very excited that somehow it seems like he was probably picked to go around the 80th 90th and he fell another 40 slots to us Super duper happy uh, with with what I'm seeing just based on, you know, following up afterwards. Yeah, Yeah. uh, this 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 is what makes Christian Watson a little bit more exciting in my mind. Also, Uh, not that Romeo Dubs is going to be, you know, pulling in, you know, 10 touchdown catches year one. Um, but I think he's going to help with the deep threat and maybe, you know, Christian Watts won't have to worry so much about running deep as much. And he'll be able to learn the routes underneath and actually become an NFL wide receiver. Now, Dubs, I think he will be thrown on the field to run the ball and go deep. Um, the kid can run. He can run great deep routes. Uh, he knows how to just shift his hips the right way to get the corners to move. And then he's gone. Um, his film was actually very impressive. I was blown away that I didn't see him beforehand. I knew the Packers had, uh, he was one of the official visits. Um, and they were very high on him, uh, even before the draft. So not surprised to see him pick him and glad to see him on our team. Yeah. Just cause he's, uh, you know, round four in the second wide receiver. Uh, I wouldn't look past this guy to, you know, not just make the team, but contribute in some way. Uh, there's a few things I want to call out that, that get me excited about him. And I, I'll, I'll give you two nuggets from the Packer profile, if you already read that, that uh, really are, are fitting. So the first one is uh, he played in Snoop Dogg's Football League. Do you think Snoop Dogg just saw his last name and thought it was pronounced Dubes? 
Impossible. He's like, we got to have this doobie guy on the team. <laughs> but it's Dubs, Romeo Dubs. And then his first collegiate touch uh, went 80 yards on a punt return for a touchdown. Like, got to love that that touch of ball. And, you know, fearless for a freshman to uh, take his first punt return to the house. Uh, but then the third nugget is that I got texted from a, a trusted friend of mine uh, in the professional world who actually went to Nevada, so he still watches all their games. I questioned him on how he knew the guy in the first place. I'm like, you watch a lot of Nevada games? He's like, well, I went there. Okay, makes sense. He's like, you got to steal in dubs. Like, the guy's a player. You're going to like having him on your team. So uh, I'm excited for him. And then in the fourth round, pick 132 overall, I'm, I'll compare some things to last year so we sort of put them in in perspective. Uh, Ten picks later last year, we drafted Royce Newman, who played a whole shit ton for us. So – uh, I wouldn't look past dubs when you're having a conversation about wide receivers that could, you know, get 400 yards for us next year. And that's where I think it's exciting is Cobb had a lot more in the tank than I think we all thought. And then if we can get Tunyon back up to speed to some amount, if DeGuara starts putting in his time and Lazard is, is that ultimate 15 yards, do your thing, kind of catch them all. These guys in dubs and Watson, if we were worried about, do the Packers have a vertical threat? And I understand there is a learning curve, but these dudes, when they go, they go. And there is some straightaway speed and some breakaway speed that is going to be. Yeah, I would argue this is probably the most athletically gifted duo the Packers have had in a long time in terms of height, speed. Size. These guys are, are thoroughbreds out there. And so do I hope they both work out? Of course. Could there be a chance that it just doesn't click like we've seen EQ and all these guys? Absolutely. But if you are a Packer fan and you are excited about the ability for for these 40-yard throws that catch secondaries off guard, this duo could be a very, very fun time for years to come. LaFleur said we needed speed. When they asked him for, you know, what are you looking for in a wide receiver? So I'm going to take the top off. And these were two of the top five tested mm. times or measured mm. times at the senior bowl last year. So we yes. got speed. Let's, let's see if they can play. Unbelievable. And the round out, uh, round four, again, it might, this might, we're talking about unpacker like in terms of athletic freaks on the outside. This is the most Packer pick, uh, probably of this entire draft in terms of Zach Tom, <laughs> like just a big old stumpy dude that takes care of business on the O line from wake forest. I mean, again, athletic, versatile uh he just i i love it i love the pick i don't know if anybody has another two thoughts on our acc stud but uh love the uh, fact that he, he was a three-time all acc academic pick also so oh that's good that's good yeah. that's good he, he can lead the book club on tuesdays uh no i'm excited for him he was on a team that really overperformed expectations uh in the acc and him and rasheed walker to sort of jump to the other tackle um, guys that, you know, you sort of wouldn't be surprised if you get a 10 year career out of them. I'm, I'm not saying either one of them are, but they have the athleticism and they had a good enough college career that to get them this late in the draft, steel is too much of a word to put on them, but it's great value. Yeah. And to finish up Rashid Walker that we picked in the, the seventh round as an OT, when you can become a, an all big 10, anything twice, even if it is honorable mention in a league, like the big 10, and the big boys that play along that line, um, the fact we got them that late, great. This is perfect. But 
So how, how do we ha- want to handle the other uh, 16 picks? We have? <laughs> I think we got like four more, but do you guys have thoughts on the other guys? I mean, specifically. So I, I, I have one on the fifth round. Kingsley, okay. in, it, what is it? Inagrie? Enigbare is what I've Enigbare. been Enigbare. Um, So overall, this guy is massive. You know, 6'4", 258, 34-inch arms, wingspan of 84-inch. Um, but he, he really missed the big plays uh, at South Carolina. Um, I, I've watched some tape, and I really feel, though, if he would drop some weight, I think he could actually become a really good pass rusher around the edge. Um, and he has the size and the length to help set the edge. So I, I'm I'm interested to see first if he makes the team because we did see, you know, some depth, uh, you know, create last year at that position because uh, Z was out all year. Um, but it, I'm interested to see if he actually could make the team and make some impact uh, down the road. Um, interesting athlete. You know, he was a top college recruit when he was recruited, but just never, never got to that top top of his uh, level yet. Yeah, and I wanted to add a little bit more to him, which I thought was interesting. There were multiple uh, publications when in mock drafts that had him going in the 60s. That they were like, this guy. Uh, I mean, when he he's more straightaway, and it sounds like he definitely needs to work on moves. But the fact that there was somebody that's like, yep, 61st to Broncos. There was even somebody that thought the Packers might pick him in the 60s as well. So the fact that you get him. At 179th overall for a guy that th- that many publications across the country had a hundred spots higher. Uh, I mean, it's the same thing with Dean. I'm not sure if there's something, uh, you know, later on that we'll find out of why he slipped to that amount. But when you pick anybody around five and beyond, it is all low risk, high reward type of thing. So uh, I'm glad to have him for sure. I'll just uh, my one call out, I guess, would be around Tariq Carpenter, the safety out of Georgia Tech in the seventh round. I was really hoping, you know, he went undrafted. So there was obviously something in every team scouting report for a reason we didn't take him. But a guy like Verone McKinley, the third out of Oregon, I kept cheering for in our group chat, just being like, he's still there. It became a running joke. It's like, you know, round four. Oh, he's still there. Let's get him. Round five. He's still there. We could still get him. Amazing. Round six. Wow, he's still there. <laughs> Round seven. He's still there. And we took a different safety. But, you know, question is, is this guy even a safety? Six three two thirty. You know, it goes back to my original statement around special teams. You know, between him and Enigbare, we got some guys that if they're going to make the team, they're going to be huge contributors on special teams first. It's not like they're making the team as starters. But we needed someone with, with Will Redman and Raven Green underperforming with Henry Black being let go. Uh, you need you need depth at safety in the first place. You need those guys that can help you in dime defense, cover some tight ends. But you look at Amos's you know age as a potential factor and Savage's contract coming up. Um, I, I, eh, could he be a starter? I don't know. He's almost too big to be a starter at safety. Yeah, but he's yeah. the kind of guy that's gonna like he's gonna pop if if we get to see him on the field. Just six three two thirty in the defensive he, backfield is going to pop off that they, screen. They say he has a motor too. Uh, I like and, that. And so it's a nice uh, you gunner know, size. He, six, he, three, exactly. Two, exactly. He's long and lean. They say that he's great on special teams, great tackler. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some time on the defense, if he's playing really well at special teams, like everybody says that he, uh, he should. Um, so it, it'll be yeah. fun to see him uh, 
try to climb the ranks. Can he so, tackle people? Can we tackle? That's all that I, I mean. Oh, yeah. How many special tackle. teams did we yeah, tackle? He's big. <laughs> he would drop down for Georgia Tech and play linebackers sometimes also. Yeah. So. so the two guys we haven't talked about, Jonathan Ford, D-tackle out of Miami, and then Samori Torre, wide receiver out of Nebraska. Thoughts, takes, do they make the team? Jonathan Ford's it, massive. I mean, I mean, w- this isn't the first time that the Packers went seventh round Miami guy. So uh, yeah. it's this is a again, if it's shown anything, this whole entire draft of him condensing into one word, it's just athletic or two words, athletic freaks. Like everybody, yeah. could they become NFL players? I don't know. But as we've mentioned, kind of end this kind of podcast. There is some some special teams uh, players. There's some people that we'll see how they work, and they'll be on the practice squad ready to go. But there's definitely room for – there's rawness to it that I think is exciting. When Rasheed Walker, I mean, he's starting left tackle for Penn State for three years. I mean, I wonder, that, that uh, experience alone, you got to think it's something. I have, a, I have a few final thoughts, gentlemen, if you'd uh, pass the floor. Okay, so here I go. One is a undrafted free agent wide receiver, Danny Davis, out of Wisconsin. I'm sure all Packer fans that have the Venn diagram overlaying with being a Badger fan. Uh, he was a top-rated recruit. Ohio State wanted him, um, and Wisconsin has not had good quarterback play. So I wonder if he can pop enough as an undrafted free agent in what is now you know, Devontae Liz, but a stacked wide receiver room. There's a lot of bodies in there. Uh, I wonder what he can show. I'm kind of surprised we didn't get a running back at any point in the draft. Um, you're looking at Kylan Hill coming off an injury. Uh, was a guy's named Patrick Taylor, the the fourth running back that they kind of liked. Yeah. But there were some running backs around that, you know, you felt like you could take a sixth or seventh round pick and, and not hate adding depth into that, into that positional room. Uh, and Ryan, I'm, I'm going to give you the mic back for this one. The Ravens stealing Isaiah likely from us. Yeah. I, uh, I, 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 want to apologize to the, the guys on this podcast because there was probably a 10 minute span that I blew your phones up repeatedly of he's still here. He's still here. Oh my God, we're going to get him. He's still here. And then the pick before us. And I, I don't know how many years in a row this is. It's probably been 15 years now that the Ravens have taken significant players that we love off the board. Not Kyle like, Hamilton. yeah, not like in the, the, you know, round, but within three picks of us, Patrick Queen. I, there's a good one. Yeah. Patrick. Oh, I, I just like this kid. I mean, if you're talking about the ability to say, hey, our tight ends are kind of set to some extent, but to gonna I would have loved that pick. an athletic freak that says, hey, look at Mercedes Lewis. Learn all you can about blocking from him. Now go for that 20 yard slant. I, I mean, he he was he's just a beast. He's a yeah. beast. But mm. who knows what the pack were thinking? Like if they would have taken him, but it just felt like, man, add him to that room. Mercedes in his last year, Tanya on a one year deal, add an athletic tight end mm. that, that could that, produce. That's the only surprise, I think, that we didn't get a tight end. That's my yeah. only surprise. And no DBs. I don't remember the last time the Packers didn't pick anybody. I mean, right. I guess you could kind of say that the Georgia Tech guy played, but again, we're also talking about a 230 pounder. I don't know if I would necessarily say, but anyways, on Shamar. Counting yeah. on Shamar Jean Charles to play <laughs> yeah. well. So let's go around one quick time. The the early, early, early kind of thoughts. When you leave this draft, 
who is the player? Who is the guy that we will look back and go, this was the gem of the 2022 Packers class? Uh, I'm going to Ryan. Sean nope. Ryan, versatile offensive lineman. We seem to do pretty well with like third to fifth round picks. Uh, I like it. I, you know, I can see him having a nice eight-year career. Mine's Devontae Wyatt. Uh, I think he is going to have some freakish moves uh, that we have not seen on our defensive line. Um, and he's going to play a lot in a lot of different positions early. Um, and I, I'm excited to see what, what he's going to bring. I really wanted to say Romeo Dubs. I just, man, yes, there's something that, there's something about him that I love. But I'm actually going to say Walker. Uh, uh, I There's a lot of times I remember us talking about like, wow, Barnes looks fast today. This is going up 15 notches. And there could be a, a great chance that there's a game where Walker and Campbell both have interceptions. They both have just these flying abilities to come in to the line. I I think he's just going to be that that you know high floor guy that the Packers need with Campbell is going to be a really really special crew so man like it. man if Dubs had gone seven picks earlier he would have been drafted at 4.20 Ooh. Uh, you're this is going you're going the long route for this the Snoop Judge. <laughs> <laughs> well and the funny part is you know Packers normally don't start their rookies you know it, in and it's going to be interesting to see because I think three oh, of these on. guys will have a chance to start in early. He started Eric Stokes, Josh Myers, and Royce Newman last uh, year. Okay, but injuries. <laughs> injuries. Injuries do happen. I'm thinking of Packers of like early 2000s. Modern maybe, maybe I am. Maybe got I up. am. No, and I, I think it's really fun uh, to see now that this defense is kind of set up. We know what Joe Barry's going to bring to the table. You know Matt LaFleur. If nothing else, there's going to be a lot of uh, trickery with Watson and Dubs, even just to get them involved early. Uh, so it's just – it's exciting. And, again, we are the only team in NFL history that has had three consecutive 13-win seasons. I understand the playoffs haven't been what we wanted. I fully understand that the wide receiver room – in terms of quality over quantity isn't quite there, but I also believe that there's some dime in the roughs and this isn't the first time that the Packers have made things work because of a guy named Aaron Rodgers behind center. So it is a long now kind of dog days of summer where we'll hear trickling of signings and OTAs and all this kind of stuff. And we'll be popping in here and there uh, as we move closer. And actually the next podcast we have, we'll actually be able to talk about the schedule and who we're going to be playing in London. So that's the next thing to look ahead at is the all too soon on paper. What is our <laughs> record going to be? But until then, I, I Congrats to all the guys we selected. Uh, if you're if you're a stud that's still sitting out there trying to find a home, come check out Green Bay because there's no better time than uh, summer <laughs> to be in northern Wisconsin. So uh, until then, thanks, everybody. Go Pack Go. Go.